0: Hi, I'm Tim Kurtz, and you're listening to the Bull Street Podcast. This podcast was designed to equip you to know Christ and tell of His amazing grace between Sundays. For more information about our church, visit bullstreet.org. This fall, our women's ministry and men's ministry are both focused intently on developing discipleship relationships and fostering biblical fellowship. I think one way God has used the pandemic was to teach us, about the necessity of intentional relationships. Not just settling for a surface knowledge about one another, but deliberately encouraging one another as we walk with Christ. This is what it means for us to be church family. In a future episode, we'll unpack exactly what the men's ministry will be doing as a means to that end, but today we're highlighting the ladies. This fall, our church's women will be using the book Growing Together by Melissa Kruger as a tool to guide intentional friendships. I think it's going to be a huge blessing to our women. Whether you are a younger sister in the faith, longing for a more mature sister to walk by your side for a season, or perhaps you've been following Jesus for many years, but feel a hesitancy about what you could offer, this opportunity is for you. This is actually going to be a two-parter. Today, we'll hear from Sharla Fowler as she speaks more in depth about the vision for this initiative. And in a few days, we'll hear from my lovely bride, Catherine, in part two.
1: I want us to start with defining what mentorship is. I think we saw, we've seen that on the Wednesday night studies that you can be talking about certain topics and uh, words and everybody's calling them certain things. And I think it was William or somebody says, you, you find out you're talking past each other because you, you really are talking about two different things. A great example of that happened this past week when I said if you went into a restaurant, a sports bar, tavern or whatever in the heart of Texas, and you sat down at a table and you started talking to maybe three or four people that were sitting there and, in, and the conversation turned itself to football, we would all know what we were talking about, right? We were talking about your quarterbacks and your linebackers and your tight ends and your street safeties and all those things. People in helmets with pads, right? <laughs> but if you pick that same table up and you placed it in a pub in downtown London, England, and you started talking about football, they're gonna all be talking about something entirely different. No pads, no helmets, black and white ball, soccer, right? So you kind of have to know what you're talking about in order to know that you're all on the same page. So. What is mentorship? Well, I think when we're talking about biblical mentorship, because there is a secular mentorship. You can have a you know someone in your vocation that comes along beside you. You can have a, a, an academic mentor, all of those. But when we're talking about biblical mentorship, I'm going to give you some definitions of people that we've talked about, and then we're going to kind of talk about. It does give us a picture of an overview of what biblical mentorship is. So the first uh, definition I'm going to give you is the one that Melissa Kruger, who wrote our book, that we're going to be using gives um, and she says that mentoring is a discipleship relationship that focuses on equipping younger believers for the work of ministry so that they grow in maturity and unity in the faith with the ultimate goal of glorifying god So, look at that again it's a discipleship relationship so that's one aspect of making disciples that focuses on equipping younger believers for the work of ministry so that they grow in maturity and unity in the faith with the ultimate goal of glorifying God. Another definition comes from Susan Hunt, which a lot of you probably have done books by her, whether you realize it or not, but she is a lady who has done a lot for decades, really, was one of, kind of, one of the first people in, ma- in this generation to pioneer, kind of writing a lot of things about intentional women's ministry. She's in the um, PCA church, but she loosely defines mentoring as sharing life, to train others how to apply the word to all of life. So sharing life to train others how to apply the word to all of life. So we're getting a picture, very similar aspects. They may have used different words, but they're meaning the same thing. And then finally, the third one I'll give you is by a a ministry uh, that kind of focuses on um, mentoring and discipleship. And they define it as personally helping someone pursue God. So kind of our definitions get shorter, but... Personally, helping someone pursue God accomplished primarily by speaking truth and love. So, personally helping someone pursue God accomplished primarily by speaking truth and love. So, when I was looking at all this, I think there were like three aspects of biblical discipleship that we see when we talk about mentorship, which is an aspect of, it's a form of discipling. Is there's a personal relationship between you and the person that you're mentoring? It can be formal, it can be informal, but it's a, it's a close relationship, meaning proximity. You know, it's not, it's not when Tim stands up on Thursday night and teaches to the group or Calvin preaches on Sunday. Those are things that we're discipled through those things in the sense that we're being discipled, we're being made disciples through the Word of God shaping us and changing who we are um, through his means of grace in those ways. But Tim's not mentoring personally Joe sitting in the front row you know he's not speaking into their life and he's not walking alongside them um, he's not sharing life in that moment so this is a personal relationship based on the truth of God based on the word of God so that's an important aspect to mentorship is that we're not just getting together and talking and maybe praying if we get around to it or maybe like sharing your struggle but it's saying what does the word of God say about this issue and how do we mature and grow in the faith and let that shape and form, inform and direct how we deal with, with life, all of life, the good things in life and the bad things in life. And then there's always in a mentorship relationship, there's a purpose that's to equip the, the person being mentored for the purpose of ministry. Okay, It's not just to pour into them and equip them but it's to equip them for purposes of serving and, and being involved in ministry. So when we're talking about mentorship in this book and in this, the next couple weeks, that is what we're talking about is the small kind of two-on-one, one-on-one uh, relationship where we're looking at what God's Word says so that we mature and grow in the faith and we're able to, to serve God through that. All right, let's look up um, these scriptures. Um, the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So in that Ephesians passage, you see Paul telling the church at Ephesus that God has left his people in place he gives certain offices that he lists there, but he you see that that's not the only group of people. But th- those are some of who he gives in order to make us into disciples, to train us to do one another. So it's a, there's a responsibility among the local church, among the community of believers, to be that's the means of which discipleship is going to take place. So we see the call to admonish one another, not just let the scriptures admonish you or your. Your pastor admonish you, or your elder in your church, but we're to we're called to admonish one another. So we see that discipleship is to take place among among each other. Scripture is saturated with this call to care for one another, um, almost always played out in in directions to local churches. So this is a, a local church issue in a big way. So um, then we've got Luke eight nineteen through twenty one. Then his mother and his brothers came to him. But they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Well, I put that one in there because we just had a sermon on that. <laughs> now, um, what we see is that the, the family of God has responsibilities to one another, and the family of God has been bought with a price and, and uh, set aside. So when we're thinking about mentor relationships, when we're thinking about discipleship relationships, there's a priority and an emphasis on that that, that Christ puts on that. So um, threw that one in there. Last one before we get to the Titus 2 passages. is 1 Samuel 23. Fifteen through sixteen, David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horish, and Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horish and strengthened his hand in God. So this is just a biblical example of uh, kind of this discipleship, this encouragement, this one-on-one taking place, and that the context of that is David is hiding because Saul is seeking to kill him and has been successful in finding him and locating him and he's repeatedly had to kind of escape with his life and um, he's, I don't know about you, but if I had somebody trying to kill me and I'd been, escaped death numerous times, I'd be probably a pretty, pretty emotionally bad place and I love the way it said that, strengthened his hand in God. So when we think about mentoring one another, caring for one another, discipling one another, this is a picture of coming alongside in that person's need and in that moment and strengthening their, their hand in the Lord. So that's the purpose. That's, that's how we're going to go about doing this. Okay, so I also wanted to um, take the time to let you know, kind of set up this book. I think that was something we talked about doing too because I think when we start, we're going to jump into like chapter three. So, because we're taking this time right now to set up what mentoring is and practically how that can work and how you get matched up and all those kind of things. But, so I didn't want us to miss kind of what she says about it so that when you start doing this book, you don't ha- kind of have a fuller fuller picture of what, of what Melissa Kruger is talking about. And this book is approaching a little bit more of a formal type of relationship. Um, which I commended the ladies of the leadership team because it, this is straight up one-on-one equipping, like teaching people, because it kind of walks you through it. And so you're being trained how to do this, both to how to mentor and how to be mentored along the way so that then it kind of releases you, it equips you, it prepares you, it trains you to have more formal relationships, but also to be more equipped to have those informal kind of type relationships because frankly you're probably going to have more of those in your life when you look when you get to the point you look back it's kind of a more in the sense that you have a time that you set and you meet and you kind of intentionally work through a book together so Mm -hmm. she talks about that and it takes different forms and you see different examples in scripture you know of a different you know different shorter limits you see um, Moses and um, Joshua they had a 40-year mentorship. You know, he mentored him for 40 years, and what's neat about that too is he didn't mentor him for 40 years and go, "Okay, now after 40 years you're ready to go out and serve and you know, be 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 ser- helpful to God's people." He as he was serving, as Joshua was serving and leading God's people and it, Moses was mentoring along the way. So you see, you know, great examples of things like that. We've got to figure out why we do this did jesus ask us to do it you know we've got to know that because if you know that it's the anchor for you when you start making application of truth if you don't have a strong anchor in the truth it's easy to get off a little bit so we wanted to be sure we were talking about mentorship the way the bible talks about it what the bible calls us to do are we supposed to be doing it? So that's kind of this part. And um, the kind of, okay, then now that I know this and now that I understand my responsibility and now I understand what God has called the church to do, what does does that, how do we go about doing that? Well, let's look then at kind of what Melissa Kruger talks about when she's talking about mentorship and setting up the study that we're going to do, okay? She talks about um, how important it is to That To understand that we need one another and to understand that when you need people that that's not unhealthy, that's healthy, that God's wired you that way. And when you're needed to not be inconvenienced because God's wired us that way. So this is kind of an opportunity for us to look at the importance of initiating intentional relationships with other women in our church and our church family, those that we are in covenant with but also to be willing to say and understand that one of the ways that God binds us and unites us and knits our hearts together is if you are being willing and open to be mentored and to mentor and to know on a deeper level people that are maybe not like you. And that difference can be uh, age, that difference can be background, education, your life experiences, your ethnicity, your culture, all those things. So are we willing to say, wow, I actually have walked somewhere and could help this person, and you don't dismiss that maybe because you're not just like that person that you wouldn't be in a position to be able to mentor them. Same thing as if you're looking for somebody to mentor you and you are like, well, they won't ever understand, you know, I don't want to share with them because they won't understand that the Lord you have in common. The Holy Spirit dwells both of you and to kind of almost intentionally seek out because you'll grow in that way. Um you know, both parties, and we're going to talk about that too. Uh, God speaks something very specifically to older women about mentoring on your women. And I know there's some obstacles to women being open to that. Um, it's not just an age, uh, younger, older, and that will take place, um, not just divided by age, but um, being willing to be vulnerable and be open um, and having guidelines in place. So let's look at what Melissa is saying about um what growing together in a very intentional, more structured way looks like what it's about. So she uses um, the, uh, a wonderful uh, analogy or a picture, and I do want to read it to you, because it, unless we read it, it's not in the assignment, so you may not read it unless you go back and read it. But I think in, this is an uh, analogy that she draws up that I think is, is a one that might help us as we're looking at this more intentional process that we're getting ready to, go through she says as a little girl I remember an afternoon I spent playing in the front yard while my dad was big, busy picking up sticks and weeding at one point he stopped his usual work and went into the garage he came back with some tools and began doing something I'd never seen him do before there was a young thin tree that was bent over suffering from the damaging effects of a storm that had recently blown through And if I remember correctly, it was also suffering from the effects of neighborhood children, myself included, who liked to bounce on its bent over limb for fun. He took a rope and tethered the young tree to a much older tree, one that was sturdy and strong, standing straight. When I asked him why he was tying the two trees together, he explained that the older tree could offer support and strength to prevent the younger tree from growing askew. The older tree had withstood years of winds and storms. Just by standing beside the younger tree, it offered stability. This image comes to mind when I think about discipleship. Essentially, the mentoring relationship is one in which a younger woman is tethered to a more mature believer for a season so that she might grow firm in her faith and be equipped for ministry. But just as the older tree doesn't make the younger tree grow, the water and the sun does that, the mentor isn't responsible for the spiritual growth of the mentee. Only God can do that. She's simply standing beside the younger woman, offering the strength that she's gained as God has grown her through the years. So now, this picture on the cover makes a lot more sense, right? So um, when we're walking through this book together, that's sort of what she's hoping that will take place between. You know, we talk about younger and and older and there is, we're going to talk about, there is a very much a place for that because we can all try to act like the years don't make a lot of difference, but then those of us that have more years can say, but the years make a difference. <laughs> it just does uh, to kind of understanding things. But whether you're just more mature in the faith or you're more mature in years or both, um, that's what she's hoping will take place is that there? Which should relieve a lot of the stress and the possibility of feeling a responsibility that God does to growth and you're to stand there and share what, He's taught you, and frankly, when we look at the discipleship model from the Great Commission, somebody's taught you. That's what I always uh, try to share with my kids because there is a familiar responsibility to disciple those in your own household. <laughs> so, um, But is that, you know, somebody taught me, somebody bothered and cared enough to invest in me and teach me, and so I'm going to do that with the responsibility that you, turn in turn, do that as well. So... Um, Titus 2, 3 through 5 says, Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. She is... Using this as an example, because it's probably one of the most common direct instructions that is given in the church for women, and we're in a women's ministry, um, That, but she's very quick to point out that Titus 2 is not a limitation on mentoring, but a special exhortation to older to do younger. So we're going to look at that. That's, a, that's God exhorting older women in the church. They have a role to play. They have a, a special uh, part, but when we look at the Great Commission, we see that uh, God calls us to make disciples regardless of gender, age, marital status. So um, we're going to use that passage, she used that passage to kind of talk about what God calls us, what is to, supposed to take part in a mentoring relationship. So um, she talks about the importance of equipping believers, that that should take place, and to encourage the work of the ministry to encourage the work of ministry in your home and to encourage the work of ministry in the church so a mentor is not just equipping for some imagined future service but she is equipping by encouraging her in current life walk and in current ministry so we see that picture of the tree like the the tree is growing then stop growing it doesn't stop like well, we're going to tether you here for you to go out one day and be a strong tree it's like that person is going to be moving forward and growing and that tethering is taking place uh, right there she also points out uh, I thought it was important is that both of these things have to take place both the equipping and the uh, the serving or the encourage them to do ministry because if you get one without the other in either case you get off kilter is what she talks about so she used the example of if you're just equipped and you're sitting there in a mentor relationship and you're being equipped and learning and growing and you're not using that for anything. You're not using that for the purpose that God has called us to, which is to encouraging the work of the ministry, to serve in your church, to serve your family. It's easy to become overconfident in your knowledge. You know, you're just sitting there and um, because... As you all know, (laughs) nothing reveals how much you don't know than actually having to go and use the knowledge you have and apply it to what you have. Um, She uses an analogy of like sports and teams, and she says, you know, a team that just practices, practices, and practices and never goes out to actually play a game, they don't really know how good they are. And um, and it's not tested. And so that's why if you just do that side and not the other, there's not a ton of benefit to that. Um, She also says that you can get bored doing that. Like if you're just getting information and you're not actually using it to serve your community and uh, you can get bored doing that. But then she said there's a danger to the other side as well is if you're ready to go out and serve and do things and you don't take the time to be equipped and to have somebody pouring into your life and teaching you and growing, then you're like the team that never trains. And shows up ready to play the game, <laughs> and that's not always good either. They will lack stamina. They don't work together well together. They uh, they don't have the anchor of fundamentals in place, and so they're caught off guard, which can happen to all of us. So um, she talks about a full orbed discipleship, or uh, what the goal in mentoring is to be have a full orb discipleship take place, and that both of those things are needed: equipping and preparing to serve, and actually serving and calling people to serve. So it's really. Are you having comments on that? Anybody seen that in your own life? That maybe you had received a lot of Bible studies and a lot of Bible studies, but you hadn't really, and you're just like that wasn't really a good, healthy place to be, or have tried to jump into something and realized I didn't know as much about this as I thought. So, when we looked at the Ephesians uh, four um, passage, uh, four eleven through thirteen. Uh, she points out, too, that this mentoring relationship that's going to strengthen the uh, younger that's weaker or needs to, to be strengthened in their walk so that they grow. Uh, it, but in that mentorship, it does more than just develop a friendship between those two women. Like the, they may be the ones meeting, but as they grow in their faith, it brings unity in their faith. So like they grow to love the same Lord. They grow to love, to love the same word. They grow to understand scripture the way that it's been passed down through to the saints together. And that grows them in unity. And then as this take, taking place in the church, the church is strengthened and more unified and more put into place. So... And as our church is more unified, it's able to carry out the Great Commission in more effective ways, whether that's through missions or through uh, evangelism and through discipleship in our church. Um, so I thought that was a really good point that she made, that as we grow together in truth and we serve together in love, it strengthens us as a body as a whole. So uh, we always joke, um, my kids are always like, Mom, if you wrote a book, these would be the, ver- the chapter, the names of the chapters because it's things I say over and over again. And one of them is, it's not about you. And the next chapter would be, it's about you. (laughs) So it's kind of like, that's how things happen to us, is that it's while God is making a change in our life, and it is about us. He's caring enough to draw close to us and change us. um, It's also not just about us. that In his mysterious ways, he uses what he's doing in our life to then impact other people and that we're all in it together. So... um, uh, point that she makes too is if you're in a discipleship relationship that's pulling you away from the church and making you feel like I don't this is all I need I'm getting all I need in this small group or this you know one-on-one or two-on-one or whatever or what's taking place in that group is pulling you away from the church like that you need to be there's there's a concern there (laughs) like that's not healthy relationship that, that, that would pull you away from being unified to your brothers and sisters in Christ. So I thought that was a, kind of the opposite side of the same coin. That was a good good thing. Right, so there's very definitely a in a mentor relationship, you, there does tend to be a person serving the role of the mentor and a person serving the role of the mentee. But in God's beauty and wisdom and kindness, what you see take place inevitably is, and you hear it from everybody that has mentored someone else that they have grown so much in doing that, too, that in that relationship of discipleship, disciple-making, the the disciple, the discipler, is growing, and the mentor is growing in their faith, and they're learning, too, because the um, Catherine and I had lunch, and we were talking about this a little bit and how... Um, you know, some of the barriers are feeling like you got to be perfect and feeling like, well, I can't let them know that I struggle with this too because I'm supposed to be the mentor. I'm supposed to be the... Um, and I shared with her a story that um, when I was a young mother, I think I had two kids, and they were very young, the associate pastor in our church, he and his wife had eight kids at the time. And his they ended up with ten. And those kids were always like so polite. I mean they were real kids, but they were always clean. Their clothes always matched. (laughs) They were like the polite to adults and you know, I just was like, oh my goodness, you know, kinda idealized And, and she mentored me and Um, But we were in a Bible, a a couple's Bible study one night and she was telling the story. So I just was like, how does she do the laundry? I was kind of obsessed with the logistics, you know, like how does this work? That's kind of what my brain does. And so I would be like, how do you make dinner? You know, you like, when if I were to cook for eight people, I'd be having guests. You know, that was where I was at the time. N- now it's seven and there's no guests. But, um, you know, I was like, how does that work? And I'd be like, how do you do that? And she was like, well, you know, you don't really think of it like that. Like, you're just fixing dinner and then you add somebody and so you peel an extra potato. And I was like, they make those in powdered form. And she was like, oh! You know, you're <laughs> be like, not the cheap kind, but anyway. So she was great. I loved her very much, but I really kind of put her you know, up on a pedestal. Um, And I wanted her to think I was a good mom too, you know. So I wanted her, I didn't want my kids to misbehave around her and I didn't want my kids to ever do anything wrong because I wanted this woman that was a great example of a mother to think that I was a good mom too. So that lack of kind of honesty and transparency would not have, it's not good. But anyway, so one night we're in this Sunday night Bible study on parenting and she tells a story Of her youngest, who was Richard's age at the time, and how he had just been not submissive; he had not been obedient. He had been like crazy all day, and I was like leaning in because I was like, "Okay, we got a kid acting up. Let's hear about that." You know, so I was like, sadly excited that she. And so she said, "Yeah," and I just he was just kind of mad, and she. So I set him on the bed, and I had his hands in my hands, and I had him, you know, like this under his his hands like kind, of, kind of beside his legs like this. And she goes, "I got down and I wanted to be on his level and I'm taking notes, you know, mental notes." And she said, "And I wanted to talk to him eye to eye." And she said, "I really said, you know, this is not how, you know, begin telling. This is not how the Lord talks to us about how our family should work and like your he he's want she's trying to shepherd his heart, scripture and everything." And she goes, "I'm just like this." And she goes, "He went boom, and just head-butted her right there. And she said, I was like, literally saw stars. She said, and she goes, I'm reeling, and I'm like, what in the world has happened? And I told Catherine, I said, in that moment, she discipled me in a way she had never discipled me before because she let me in on a struggle. She let me in on her kids weren't perfect, and she wasn't putting herself on a pedestal. I had done that. I just hadn't been in a situation to hear her share that her life wasn't, her mothering wasn't perfect and like that her, that, that her kids weren't always perfect and that there was sin in people's lives and this is how we dealt with it and she kind of talked about um, what you do when your kid headbutts you and <laughs> to the point of oblivion. But anyway, um, so it's like that is such a good picture I think of the importance in the, for the mentor in a relationship to not feel like they, what they have to present is perfect because if they don't let someone know you struggle, you know, like you were saying, Catherine, it's knowing that time in their lives that you can come around. It's not just being a person that has the knowledge to tell you the knowledge, but actually to talk about how you've had to walk through that to be, be successful in applying that to your life. So um, those are and kind of what you were saying, that's those are all good things. Uh, just a couple more things. I know we got to, to wrap up, but um, how we look at the pursuit of God is not we don't look at if we were to look on a map we don't go well the pursuit of god is over here it's an ending point it's a destination no the pursuit of god is a journey not a destination and so part of what is going to take place in that journey is discipleship relationships and hopefully mental relationships where people can speak into to your life so a couple of things to think of as you are or desiring to maybe get involved in a mentor relationship and more to do this study with us, which we would certainly encourage you and getting everybody to do, um, is that the strong, to remember that the stronger tree doesn't make the young tree grow, but it can help the young tree grow upward and in the right direction. Um, remind yourself that the, your presence with the mentee is just a picture of God's grace and his presence with us too, that she is a picture of his grace and a means of his grace in your life that he's not gonna leave you and she's there to be present with you in whatever you're walking through. And then um, also to remember that what we see in parenting or what we see in care of other people, that we may be serving them, but we will always get something back in return and we'll grow into turn. Every Christian can do this. Every Christian can be discipled, and every Christian can disciple because God has commanded us to do it. So it's uh, simply about inviting people to obey God and to apply His Word to their life so that they grow. The only qualification is that you be a believer, and that you are um, that you love and honor God, and that you're walking faithfully with Him and um, on an upward trajectory. So that's really all it takes. It doesn't have to take years and years of knowing everything about everything in the Bible, but just um, being able to do that so and just to remember that our christ our lord gave that example for us in that he preached to the masses the multitudes but he discipled one on you know in a smaller relationship with a smaller group so that's a picture for us of the importance of this and the beauty of this and and what that investment can then turn out and go on to be
0: Thanks for listening. If you're ready to take the next step and get involved in this opportunity, the Growing Together books will be available for purchase on Sunday in the Welcome Center for $14. There will also be a form you can fill out to get connected in one of these relationships. If you have any more questions about any of this, just contact Becca Lucius or Jennifer Jenkins. Please join us next time where we'll hear part two of this Women's Ministry installment.